Welcome to my podcast special series on human trafficking. Why human trafficking? Well, that's a good question. So several years ago, when I was running my own counseling agency, I ran across some people that started talking to me about things I'd never heard of before. That's really rare because I've been doing this for a really long time. So in order to have something new, it takes a lot. Now there's this thing in the mental health world that therapists, counselors, social workers all start understanding if you've worked in this field for a really long time, is that when you have one issue, that issue seems to kind of come out of the woodworks and everybody has that issue. And you'll go in these chunks. So when I have um, ADD and learning disabilities, I have like 10 different clients who come in with that issue. I've had like the pedophiles coming out of the woodwork at one time, came home and told my husband, what is in the water? All, I'm seeing all of these victims of pedophiles. Uh, so at this time with this family, they had six siblings and the oldest came in to me first and she started talking and I was just listening to what she was saying and I, she couldn't answer my questions in a way that made any sense. And I kept asking her different questions and asking her about her past and it was all just disjointed and bizarre. So I started asking different questions because the ones I was asking obviously were not working. And the more I asked and the more I probed and, and poked, uh, she just kind of looked at me like nobody's ever seen this part of me before. We got through her first couple of sessions and her boyfriend brought her in during, uh, for one of his sessions and he said, she's not doing good. And she wasn't. She was standing there. She could barely stand on her own. She was, she looked like a zombie in tears. So I said, yeah, bring her in. This is kind of a crisis. And he sat her down and she looked at me and she said, I want to know the worst that's happened to me. And I said, I cannot tell you that. And she said, I suspect, and then proceeded to tell me what she had been thinking. And I said, that's, that's pretty on point. And she threw up and passed out. That was how severe the trauma was for her. She just couldn't face it. And for 20 minutes, she was passed out on my couch. And I just let her be there dealing with the trauma. And when she came to, we started talking about it. So after her sister came in to my office and said, I want to talk to you because my older sister's talking about stuff that is bringing up some weird, weird memories for me. I said, okay, we can do that. So I started talking to her and as it turned out, each sibling I got just added another layer to the narrative. And finally, I told them what I'm hearing is a lot of brainwashing, a lot of trauma, a lot of bad, bad, bad abuse. And they're like, okay. 
So they asked if I would look at their drawings from their childhood. And I agreed. So they brought their whole stacks of drawings that they'd done throughout the years and journals and stuff that they had written in. And I started looking at the pictures and reading the journals. And it was worse than I thought. And I came back to the oldest and I said, I have a sneaky suspicion that your parents are traffickers. Uh, because she'd been telling me about strangers that they would take in. And it was always single moms with drug problems that sometimes had kids, sometimes didn't have kids. And then they would bring them in, give them lots of money, and then she'd never see them again. And when they were living with them, she was told, oh, they're family. They're so close to us. We're, they're family. And then they got shipped off and their Facebook profiles disappeared and everything about them disappeared. And they never saw these people again, which if you're best friends and family, how do you never see these people ever again? So I started looking at it and saying, there's no other explanation than trafficking here. The more information I got, the more things I found out about their parents, all of a sudden I started getting attacked by their parents. I got fake legal documents served on me. You could tell it was like 50 different fonts and it used uh, common names and nicknames. I mean, it was very obvious that they were fake legal documents, but they were trying to pass them off as real legal documents. And they were trying to get me arrested. The parents were. Uh, they pulled their kids. They didn't want their minor children to be seeing me. What we kind of figured out with the three oldest uh, who were adults at the time, was that their parents had actually brainwashed them with the lingo that therapists use. They would take them to therapy. The therapist would start using our specific jargon and the kids would answer in the way that they were supposed to. So these therapists could not figure out what was going on. The thing about me is I don't use those regular terms. I do it different. Uh, and so I could circumvent all of that brainwashing that they had done on their own kids. And that's how I started figuring it out. Now you could say, well, Mandy, you put the idea in their head. I get told that a lot by the traffickers, by the way. And, uh, or you're just claiming that every single person is abused sexually. I get that from people who are traffickers and pedophiles also. And my answer to that is I have two people who are sitting on my couch and the one has been severely sexually abused and has been trafficked and the other one has not. And I look at that client and I looked right at him and I said, you've been sexually abused. And he looks at me like, what? What are you talking about? The confusion on his face was kind of comical. And I turned to my client who had been sexually abused and who had been trafficked. And I said, do you see his face? And she said, yes, I do. And I said, does that look like the face of somebody who's been sexually abused? She said, no, it doesn't. I said, so I can say anything I want. But if it's not true, then the person in front of me goes, what? What are you talking about? So this is one of the arguments that traffickers 
especially like to use on me is that I'm the one putting the ideas in their heads. Like, no, I'm not. Because if it's not true, then it doesn't give that visceral response like that girl who threw up and passed out. I'm not the one who made her throw up and pass out. I simply poked the dam that had been holding everything back and it all came spewing forward. So that's kind of one of the ways that you can tell if it's true or not. At this time, I had another client come in and we were talking about his dad. He had cut off ties with his dad because his dad wasn't a good person and he believed that his dad had done things, um, but he didn't want to admit what. This guy had moved around a lot in his younger years. I asked if he was military for how long, for how much he moved around. And he's like, no, my dad was just always running from the law. I'm like, oh, okay, that's fun for you. So we start looking at why his dad was running from the law. And yes, there was personal abuse that happened there. But he started talking about as he got older, and as his siblings got older, his dad would go over to China and adopt uh, young girls and bring them back to the U.S. Well, knowing the kind of abuse that this dad did on his own kids, I asked, what is the relationship with, uh, and his dad did this more than once. It wasn't just a one-time thing. So I asked, what was his relationship with these adopted um, Chinese kids? And he said they didn't like him. Did they not like him because they didn't like the adopted family? He said, no, I don't think that was it because they didn't want to even be around him, but they would be around us as their siblings. And the more that we talked, the more I realized that that is what he did, is he would go and adopt these foreign kids and bring them over to the U.S. and then abuse them and traffic them. This is another way that you can tell. I understand that these kids in foreign countries, they have a horrid, horrid upbringing most of the time. They're in orphanages, they are unwanted, they live on the streets. That's one of the reasons that the U.S. started trying to reach out and adopt these kids. But traffickers hide. They hide in plain sight. And one of the ways that I have discovered that they hide is in these loving, caring parents who just want more kids. Now, I'm a parent. <laughs> My kids are getting into their early 20s. And I don't want more kids. I'm tired. It's hard. <laughs> you you parents out there know what I'm talking about. It's I don't want to add more to my plate. I can't do what I'm supposed to be doing. I mean, I give it a good effort, but it's exhausting. There's a reason that uh, as we get older, we're not parents anymore. We're grandparents. That's because we don't have to watch these young kids all the time because we can't. We're Our bodies are older. It They don't have the same kind of stamina that we had when we were in our 20s and 30s when we were parents. So this, I have to have kids still 
is a lame excuse. I'm not saying that everybody who goes over to Europe and Asia and adopts are traffickers. I'm saying look at the age and look at the space between the kids that they have at home and the kids that they're trying to get. And there are preferential pedophiles. And traffickers seem to be along these lines of the preferential pedophiles, where they have their specific types and their specific ages and their specific genders. And so if you look at it and you see that they keep adopting the same type, then chances are you've got this, quote, loving parent that is hiding being a trafficker. Another specific thing to traffickers is that there are two favorite social media platforms to do their thing on are Facebook and TikTok. Now, they won't sell on Facebook, but they will stay in contact with each other on Facebook. You'll see these very, very weird friend requests. And if you go on to their uh personal pages and you go into their friends, if they haven't already privatized it, blocked it so that you can't see, if they have their friends all open for everybody to see, you will see specific types. There is a trafficker that I will be talking about. His name is Derek. And if you go on his Facebook page, you will see four different types of people. You will see the type that uh, his mom wants him to be friends with. Now, Derek's a grown man. He's in his 30s. And he should not be friends with the same people that his mom is. Well, that's because his mom's a trafficker too. And so these are, this is their network. Then you see the geeky, dorky kids that he grew up with that he tried when he was trying to not be such a terrible person that he would bring these um, trauma kids in and they became friends. Now, the fact that he's still Facebook friends with so many of these over the years, and you can say, well, we keep in contact with our high school and junior high friends. Do you? Because that's just not normal. Most people will be in contact with like one or two, but not all. The other... Uh, area that he is friends with is his type. It is, he has very improper friendships on Facebook. It is his, you can tell his type is, uh, he loves the dark brown hair, flowy hair. Uh, you, you can just tell. It's the same look over and over and over again. And then the last uh group that he has in his friends is um, other traffickers that he's been trying to connect with to in order to diversify, I guess, his portfolio. Um, and so you will see this. Now, the reason I'm using him as an example is because he is very Facebook forward. He does not think that the real world is the real world. If it's not on Facebook, it isn't real to him. And so he has not blocked his friends and he does not want to block his profile. He wants everyone to see this because he wants everybody to think he's fabulous. Now, here's the problem with that 
everybody is seeing that, but for the wrong reasons. After he hears this, he will probably block it. So <laughs> my suggestion is if you want to see an example of it, look it up as soon as you get it or go find another trafficker and look at their weird friend list. It's, I mean, a 30-year-old man should not be Facebook friends with so many underaged girls. Really should not. That's not appropriate. It's not healthy. And it's just, it gives off very creepy vibes. Now, there might be some of you who are quite offended that I just gave a name and some personal information about Derek. Okay, you can be offended by that, but as you listen to my podcast and you see what these traffickers have done to me and what of my personal information they have put out there and how they have tried to hurt me, destroy me, hurt my family, destroy my family, you start have stop having pity for me putting their name out there. Uh, we will be posting a video of Derek having sent the police to raid my house. And we're going to show what that looks like because it's not make-believe. You may also be saying, well, Mandy, why don't you take the legal route to fight them? Well, we have. But the problem with these people is they think that they are above the law. They think they are above common human decency, they will not follow any rules. They will do what they want, how they want, when they want, and where they want. And this is another way that you can tell traffickers. So we're going to talk about uh, a personality disorder that's called borderline personality disorder. In my field, we either call it BPD or we call it borderline. So I call it borderline instead of the BPD just because it lets people know a little bit better what we're talking about. I'm going to give you the best explanation I can of a borderline. A borderline is somebody who does not care what it does to anybody else as long as they get what they want. Now, I have dealt with borderlines my entire life. My brother is a borderline. And I have had people attack me. I have had bosses that are borderline. I have had friends that have been borderline. I've had leaders that have been borderline. The problem with that is that if you are dealing with a borderline, you're in trouble. Because their whole mission is to get what they want. And they don't really care what they do to you in the process. So one of the reasons I think borderlines are attracted to trafficking is because the whole group of traffickers, all of them worldwide, not one of them cares about the law and not one of them cares about another human being. So it's really easy for borderlines to get a lot of power, a lot of control within the trafficking world. And they like that. And they get to make all the money that they want. And they get to have all of the perks that they want. So in the trafficking world, you are going to see a lot of borderline. The problem with borderline is that their main strategy is to 
blame everybody else and make it look like they're sane and you're crazy. They do this in a lot of different ways. Uh, One of their favorite ways is what I call tornado speak. So they will make a comment and it's a weird comment and you try to answer it and then all of a sudden they make a comment that seems completely irrelevant to the first one that they made. And you're thinking, well, okay, but aren't we talking about this over here? No, they've moved on to this totally different subject. So you go and you try to answer that question and they come over on the other side and they bring up something else until they've got you spinning and you don't know which direction you're going. You don't know what question you're supposed to be answering. You are so confused and it doesn't make any sense. So you stop talking and they look at you and say, see, I'm right. I win. That's tornado speak. That's what borderlines love to do. The other thing that borderlines love to do is they don't like to do a whole lot of work. So you'll never hear them deny what you accuse them of doing. All they will do is deflect. So they'll either find one little piece of information and just harp on it for eternity. They will lie. They don't care about lying. Uh, They'll lie all over the place. And they will do this tornado speak and they will get everybody around them believing that They are fabulous. They are the smartest person there. Their ego is being stroked. They love it. So borderlines are not easily trifled with because you cannot shut them down. You cannot. And borderlines don't want help. They're fine with how they are. They think there's nothing wrong with it. As long as they're getting what they want, what's the problem? So here we come into the battle for ethical, moral, legal behavior. Borderlines don't care about that. They only care about themselves. So they will be over here breaking the law, insisting that you're crazy and that if you don't start following the law, then they're going to come after you. You're like, okay, but I haven't broken the law. Yes, but we we want you to think that you have and you get all scared and you back off. The big thing that I have to chuckle about with this is that borderlines hate me. Uh, they don't just despise me and they won't walk away from me. They hate me because they cannot figure out how to get me to stop. It's almost like I'm the healthy borderline. They've never had to figure that out before because usually they ramp up. It's enough. People walk away. They don't want to deal with it anymore. But I told you, I've been around borderlines my whole life. I had to live with a brother who tortured me on a regular basis because of his borderline and blame me for all of it. I learned how to stand against the borderline personality disorder. I learned how to stand outside of the tornado speak. I learned how to circumvent that particular narrative. And they hate that because they don't know how to get me to stop. Like I said, I'm kind of the healthy borderline and they hate it. So they hate me. 
And they all kind of join forces trying to stop me and just get more and more frustrated because they can't figure it out. So the important thing to know about trafficking and borderlines is a borderline will never martyr. They will never play victim. They will not take responsibility. This is true. But it's everybody else's fault that it's they're not getting what they want. So you, if you have somebody that you suspect is a trafficker and they will martyr or play victim or they're cowards or they'll walk away, you do not have one of the leaders. You have one of the underlings because the leaders are where the borderlines hang out. Now, the big problem they have with this is that they promise the underlings power and control. And the underlings start wanting power and control, but a borderline can't give that up. And so they're at odds with themselves because if they want people under them to be breaking the law and getting all these kids and adults for them so they can traffic them, then they've got to have some kind of reward. And this is where you'll see the contention and the fighting that goes on within a trafficking sect because the borderline will not give up any of their power and control. So they can't give it to somebody else because they hate that. But the underlings want it also. This is what you've got going on with this particular group that I will be giving more details about, is that it's kind of imploding on itself because the underlings are going, no, no, we want more power than you're giving us. And the borderlines that are running the nightmare are going, well, we're not going to give it to you. And so they're fighting with each other while they're trying to present a united front. Well, that doesn't work. So they are not they're actually scrambling right now and not doing very well, which is one of the reasons why I have picked this time to bring this to light because they're not very strong. And so if we as the public can get in there and put the spotlight on them, then they're not going to have each other's back and we can ruin this particular trafficking ring. So one more thing that I think it's very important for you to know about traffickers is that they never live in the truth. They don't know how and it doesn't serve their purposes. So if you find somebody who keeps pushing the same information over and over and over and over again, and it's not the truth and they have nothing else to back it up with, then chances are you've got somebody who is within a trafficking organization because they only take bits and pieces of what they think will serve them. And most people do not live the way that traffickers think you should. So all they have to counteract the truth is obviously lies. Now, as I continue with this podcast, with this series, you, I'm going to share some of those lies that they have pushed and keep pushing, even though they've got absolutely nothing to back it up. And you're going to say, Mandy, that is just bizarre. I know the point I hope that you get the very most out of this podcast series is that 
Traffickers do not think like we do. They are awful, vile, evil people. And they think that way. People are tools to be used and money to be made. That's all they see them as. They do not see humanity as a giving and reciprocating entity. So when you are looking at what I tell you and you start looking at people in society who you suspect act like this, it doesn't make sense unless you see it the way that I'm explaining it to you. I know it doesn't make sense and this is why they've been able to get away with it for as long as they have been because we look at these people and say there's no way somebody would do that to their own child. Yes, there is and that's horrible. It is the worst thing. I hate dealing with it but that doesn't mean it's not there and when you're sitting there listening to the lies and watching them hurt their own children in such a horrific fashion. You go, that I would never do that. I'm aware. I would never do that either. You and I aren't traffickers. So how we do things is not going to be in the mix here. It is how the underbelly of society is going to do things. And that is how you figure out where the traffickers are. I have run across multiple trafficking groups. And they all have very similar things in common. But the one that is the most telling is that as soon as they are deciding that they're going to be found out, they will go after the person or persons that they think are going to rat them out with such vengeance that you have never experienced this. It is on... Hitler level of how much they hate people who are outing them. They have done everything they can think of to me and my family because I will not go along with the lies and I will not stop speaking the truth. We will give information about this. You will see some of the emails that they have written, some of the texts that they have sent, some of the Facebook posts that they have given, some of the video of things that have happened to us. We will share this. I will share this with you because it is happening and it is happening right now and it is happening to people that do not look like it should be happening to I know that you guys have only seen pictures of me if you go up on my Common Sense Therapy page, but I am 5'4", and currently I only weigh about 95 pounds. I am 51 years old, so why are they going after me? I am not a threat, right? Except that I speak the truth. And so as soon as they hear me speak the truth, they have to stop it because they will never be able to hold up against any kind of interrogation that involves them speaking the truth. So their only strategy for that is to shut up the people that will not go along with their lies, will not back off when they threaten them, and will not tow the trafficking line 
I have a very good friend. Her name is Allie Cohen, and she has been working in the anti-trafficking field for (laughs) as long as I've known her. So she knows a lot about this stuff. And and there's a book that uh, I've read it before, but she recommended that I read it. And I said, well, I've read it before. And she said, read it again. Read it again as if there was trafficking going on. This book is called Hubner versus Hitler. And it is about a young man during World War II who decided that he was going to be a resistance fighter against the Nazi regime. And without, it's a true story, he was only 16 when he was arrested by the Gestapo. His friends were arrested with him and he was sentenced to death by the blood tribunal, uh, the people's court because of how heinous his crime had been. Well, what's interesting is that his crime was that he listened to the radio and he passed out flyers to people in the city that he lived in. So other people did that. And even the guards that had him knew that, you know, they're like, oh, you'll probably just get one year of prison or two years of prison for this. And so to have him be sentenced to death, he was actually the youngest person that the blood tribunal had ever executed. And it was because uh, he was a resistance fighter. Now, the thing about it is that he was very smart and he knew the truth. He saw who these people really were, and he wanted to make sure that everybody else saw it also. And there is a, a paragraph that I'm going to read to you from this book. Uh, it says, Ironically, so anxious were the Nazis to indict him that they established his credibility, intelligence, maturity, political knowledge, writing brilliance, persuasive personality, and ability to make judgments. He was the very type of creature they were most afraid of, and they had to build him up in order to destroy him, which is one of the greatest of all ironies in his story. So why am I sharing this with you? Because this is how the traffickers view me, see me, and treat me. You will hear throughout this podcast specific instances where all I did was walk into a room And they had to get me out. I barely said a word and they had to have me removed because if I stayed, it would have been so bad for them that they would not have been able to continue. Uh, When I tell you about the police raid and we put the video of it up on my page, you will see that I'm the only one that they're going after. I'm the only one they're trying to shut up and shut down. Now, isn't that weird? If I am the most frail and I am the oldest and I pose the least threat, I was the most calm in that situation. They didn't care. Derek had told them 
And yes, they do buy off cops. Human traffickers do buy off cops. I know many, many cops in several jurisdictions that the traffickers have bought off. And so when Derek sent his goons to raid our house and violate our rights, uh, they had to silence me because Derek was so afraid of what I would say. So the very first thing they did was try to get me silenced. And you could see it in the one guy's eyes that he's like, we were told that you would be a problem. And so we've got to silence you. And you can see how disrespectful he is towards me and how much he just wants me to tell him what he wants to know and to stop talking otherwise. It it borders on the ironic comical, just like Hubner, Helmut Hubner with the Blood Tribunal. So these people are afraid of the truth. And that is what we will stop them with, is the truth. Because they have no action that counteracts what is actually happening, who they actually are, and what they are actually doing.